From the 915 to H-Town, from the Panhandle Plains to the Valley, and everywhere in between, this is the 5050 Podcast, powered by National Scouting Report. Join me, Hector Cano, as we cover the Texas high school club and college soccer landscape, along with an inside look at the college soccer recruiting scene. The 5050 Podcast is a platform about the people and for the people who are dedicated to the beautiful game. Here we go. It's another edition of the 5050 Podcast. Powered by our proud partners, NSR Now, National Scouting Report. They are the world's leading authority on athletic recruiting. You can get more information on what they're about, both on Twitter as well as on Instagram at NSR Now and at NSR underscore now, or X, I guess I should call it right, instead of Twitter now, as well as on their website at NSR-Inc.com. My next guest, he is a a very, uh, very renowned, very well-known coach around the state of Texas, and uh, very well known in the greater Houston area. He is the head men's soccer coach of the Deer Park of Deer Park High School, as well as the director of San Jacinto United FC, Coach Jerry Hurtado. Coach, how are you? How are, how are you, Edgar? Hey, I'm doing great, man. Excited yeah. to have you here. Appreciate you being here, Coach. Let's dive right in. Are you ready to go? I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. That's what I like to hear. So uh, what's going on, Coach? Tell us. Uh, let's see. I know... Uh, been working a little bit to try to get you here for a little while now, and uh, I know you're a busy guy and glad to have you here. Tell us what's going on. A lot of soccer, a lot of soccer right now. Even though we're we're out of season, you know, this really becomes a, a big phase for us when it comes to off season for every high school coach right now. You're you're almost uh, well. You're gonna be in October now. You know, you're you're very close to to the real beginning. Uh, club soccer is right in the middle of things, so right. a lot of soccer in the state of Texas. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I, I wouldn't expect you to say anything, anything otherwise, Coach. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, all right, so we're gonna dive right in, Coach. And not, not that I want to bring up uh, nightmares, right? But before we can look at the, I guess, the present and the future, I guess, the upcoming season. <clears throat> excuse me. Key takeaways as you look back on the 2023 season, right? Uh, 22-6A finished fifth place in a very, mm-hmm. you know, very solid district. So just just outside of the playoffs, just missed the state playoffs. Mm-hmm. Key takeaways from that season: growth. I think I grew as coach, and, and I'm what this is my 33rd season, um, mm-hmm. and I think I grew quite a bit as a coach uh, last year. Um, and basically, in in the fact that you know I had a very young team. Um, and I, I basically learned that, that I've got to get better at, at uh, uh, pulling that and, and, and making that, that youth mix with uh, what I do have as, as seniors a little bit better. We started seven sophomores last year, um, wow. along with wow. what we had in, um, in the juniors coming back. Mm-hmm. So we have, uh, we have a lot coming back this year. Uh, I thought the the teams really started to do what we wanted them to do. We, I thought we had a, a really good run there at the end, mm-hmm. and that's what almost you know, almost doesn't really count, but it's what gave us a chance uh, to get into the playoffs after uh, struggling a little bit. I think that just a note for any coach, 
So when you have a young team, and this is where I think that I grew a little bit, when you have a young team, you have to really kind of look at, you know, the schedule that you keep. And uh, if you if you start a season too rough on them uh, or too hard, yeah. and it doesn't go the right way, you know, you could um, it it could bring about some disappointment um, and uh, just basically lose confidence a little bit. I think that's what happened early last yeah. year. Now, when you look back on when you look back on that, I guess going into the 2023 season, was that entirely by design as far as starting those seven sophomores? How much of it was by necessity? How much how much did that kind of materialize over the course of the season, or did that was that from from the jump? Well, we, we knew that we knew that we what we have in what we have coming into this year, we knew this was going to be a special season, mm-hmm. um, and and we hope to make it all that special. Again, we still have to play games, right? We still have to go out and get on the field, but yeah. um, we also knew that we, there, you know, we had that one COVID year and we lost a lot of players and that uh, just didn't come back. And, yeah. and so yeah. that that's where we kind of, I guess we're kind of empty a little bit. And then, um, so we knew this, this group right here was going to be special. So we wanted to make sure that, uh, they got the bumps and bruises as they needed to. And uh, I thought they came through well uh, and they handled it well. And I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to these now seniors and juniors uh, leading this team. Yeah. When when you kind of look back on that, did you feel, I guess, depending upon where your expectations were, did you feel that maybe the with that many, <clears throat> that young of a team, did you feel like they overachieved? Did you feel like you kind of left a little bit out there still? Um, obviously, with the high expectations, in spite of how young they might be, how did you, when you kind of reflect on it, did you feel, did or did you feel like you kind of over they overperformed? How did how did you assess that? I thought I thought now as you look back on it, um, I think that that our, that our team really progressed the right way. Uh, as I said, I mean, we we went off and played the Woodlands the very first game, and we tied one to. I mean, they beat us one to nothing, um, and it. But we were playing that caliber team, and those are I have a lot of respect for teams like that. And um, but you could see us get a really good beating there. You could tell the the size difference, the speed difference, mm-hmm. the pace difference was all there. But as the season progressed, we finally started to really. Um, that all of that experience started to pay off, and I think I think as a unit and as a team, we just got better, and mm-hmm. um, we were able to to really come through in some big moments. At at, at one point, um, able to come down, uh, come back from a, a three to nothing deficit to come back and, and win a game, that actually gives us a chance to uh, actually make the playoffs. So yeah. I think there was a lot of growth. Hector. I think that right. was that's what I really. Is significant. That would be a significant word for last year. Yeah. How long? How long did you feel it took your young group to really kind of get settled in, make the adjustment, and then you started to see the rapid development? Well, as as soon as as soon as I, the coach, started to settle down, um, <laughs> yeah. That's. I think you know it, you really have to look at yourself in a season like that. And I had I had to do a lot of evaluating. Um, I think. I think I panicked a little bit. It's mm. been a, it's been a long time, you know, um, and and it was a um, it was something that I, I'm so glad that, that I feel like the the kids really came through for us. Um, I struggled. I started to uh, I started put them in different 
formations and uh, I think um, maybe too much change and without yeah. stepping aside and saying, you know, let it grow. I tell them all the time, this is not a coach's game. It's a player's game. Right. And and here here I was really kind of making it a, a coach's game because I felt like I was letting them down. Every coach kind of goes through that. And, and I wanted to find the right fit and find this miracle that would come about. And all of a sudden, um, we would we'd be the same team we were the year before when we went to the semifinal, regional semifinals, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but it just needed growth. We lost 14 seniors from that team, you yeah. know. And so um, it, we just needed to be allowed to grow. And I think I just... I just didn't do a good enough job to get that done. Okay. When, you know, it, it's funny you talk about, so 33 years now you've, you've been in the game, right? And I felt I had this conversation in a couple of episodes ago, and I've actually had this conversation with my current team now, right? Uh, at MacArthur here in San Antonio <clears throat> is one of the things that I've started to notice now is, especially when you're coaching at the high school level is as coaches, you notice that the we're obviously we're getting older, right? As right. the longer you've been in the game mm -hmm. and style of thinking, adjustments, trends in the game, analysis, all kinds of new things that you have to evolve, right? Or mm -hmm. in many cases, as they say, quote unquote, adapt or die, right? Um, but we're getting older. We progress mm -hmm. in our careers. We're getting older as coaches. But the athletes that we're coaching, that we're working with, they stay the same age, right? Yeah, they, they stay the same age. So in all your years, what have you found? What's kind of been that kind of that secret little ingredient, the magic piece that's worked for you all these years? Be a coach. Don't, don't identify yourself as just a soccer coach. Be a coach. You know, um, there's a lot that football – that football does in, 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 in our, in our good football program we have here at Deer Park, but you know, you can go out there and, and learn from there's things you can put into your, um, into your agility sessions and things like that. We can all learn from each other. Uh, don't, don't just think everything is, is about just being a soccer coach, be a coach uh, mm -hmm. and go out and be willing to try things. You know, I, I, I remember some of the, some of the best drills I ever got was watching the basketball coach means I watched him uh, do some drills up in, and from, from the window. And I'm like, wow, that's a, that's a good old soccer drill, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and we turned it in, used it out on the field and, and, um, and it, it worked really, really well for what we needed to do. And we, we needed to be able to transition, but what do basketball coaches do all the time? Transition really fast. And, um, it really helped us out. So I'd say just be a coach, you know, and um, I think sometimes uh, I think I think sometimes we, you know, when we try to I think when we go to 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 big meetings and things, you know, not everything fits what you do. You pick drills and things like that, that uh, you know, are going to work and that you're going to be able to teach it the right way. You know, right. yeah. I think that's huge. Good. Great stuff. So you look, you look ahead now, right? We're something like what, 80, 86, 87 days, somewhere in there until the start of the start of the season, official season, not, not in season, but the start of live games. Right. Um, what has you, what has you most optimistic headed into this 2024 season? And I, I just, we have some great kids. Um, you know, 
a great man. Just, just really good kids. And I've just been very lucky in, in, in my, uh, in my career to, to coach so many, you know, good kids. And this is just another one of those bunches and it's going to be fun. They're competitive. They're tough. Um, they've got that. I call it a, a blue collar deer park way where they're going to play hard all the way through. And boy, we got some kids that are that are coming back um, that that did real well last year. I mean, we've got our goalkeeper coming back. Um, he's going to be a four-year letterman. We got people. Uh, we got goalkeeper Gabriel Otero. We got Sergio Gomez coming back. Um, we got uh, we got we call him Zuro. Um, he's coming back. We've got Diego uh, Garcia. He's going to be up front. We got Xavier Hurtado coming back. Jacob Rios coming back. That's these are the kinds of things that are exciting, you know. Yeah. Kids that have kind of been through 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 all of these things. Our center backs are back. Frankie's gonna lead that. We're we're coming back with some kids that really know what we expect, but moreover, they're they're ready to play perfect. They're ready to play for each other. That's awesome. wonderful. Right. Yeah, well said. Um so this year coach right this upcoming season where where are you going to start your your scrimmages your you know your non-district your preseason slate where where are you scheduled to be what tournaments where are you going to be before you actually enter district play so we'll be uh this year we're going to uh, baytown um and then uh, because we just as far as travel and so forth it, it gets <laughs> gets a little difficult this past few years um taking the time to go to uh, two traveling tournaments is tough on kids and their grades. And, and yeah. we have got to keep our kids eligible like everybody else does. And um, so we do our part. But we'll go to Baytown first, then we'll, we, uh, we'll head to Georgetown. And we always have a good tournament there. They put on a really good show. And then uh, we come back and we do our Battleground Invitational. And I, I will tell you, it's a great tournament. Um, mm -hmm. Not just because uh, we do it, but we have C.E. King that does it with us. And Roger has a great setup over there at C.E. King. And so we have the two big stadiums. We have uh, teams from all over the state that come out. It's a, it's a really great event. And mm -hmm. um, then after that, we're ready to go. We start district uh, the following week. Wow. Right. Great stuff. So now as we, we segue here, coach, your, your role, obviously. So not only are you the, you know, the head men's mm -hmm. soccer coach there at Deer Park, as we mentioned, but <clears throat> excuse me, but you're also the director there at San, San Jacinto United mm -hmm. FC. So balancing being a, both a high school, high school head coach and a club director, right? A director of a club. How, how do you balance that? How do you work that? It's hard. I mean, it really is. But the thing is, is with San Jacinto United, we have uh, head coaches from uh, from from all over, and so we're 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 not talk. We're, we're talking about a group of guys that really knows how to put it together. You know, uh, when you when you work with a you know, say a Coach Velasquez, Coach Heyman, mm -hmm. Coach Morales, um, all of all of those guys are are already seasoned coaches. So. Um, we all kind of help each other um, and we, you know, we have to make sure that, you know, that everybody is, everybody's coaching who they're supposed to be coaching and things like that. So there's a, there's a lot to, a lot to work with. 
and 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 the club that we're trying to that basically with our club we don't it's not about the it's not about the money um can i tell you hector i i went and got my license and and stayed with a guy from brazil and he said one of the things he told me he said you know you people in america you do it wrong you make it too much about money you know in brazil it's not about money it's about who wants to play the game we don't get everybody to play the game if they want to play it and so we've we've really tried to, to San Vicente United. We've really tried to follow that. And I'm trying not to make it so much about money. And mm-hmm. uh, we found coaches that all feel the same way, and, and we work hard and strive to get everybody an opportunity to play if they want to play at right. every level. So yeah. uh, I have to say to answer your question, um, it's very hard. But if you find the right people around you, mm-hmm. um, it's uh, it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know, coach. I, I got, I have to question you a little bit because if you left, so you could be here. If you left coach Heyman in charge, man, I don't know. Man. I don't know. <laughs> now he's a great guy, a fellow, uh, fellow 50, 50 podcast alum. So shout out to coach. Heyman. Um, yeah. You know, you, you talk about that in that piece with, with, uh, the coach from Brazil and there's a line, there's a line that stays with me from one of, <clears throat> excuse me, one of our, one of my senior instructors, when I attended the, uh, the USSF, the national youth license, the national youth course, right. This was mm-hmm. at, uh, oh man, about, a, about, I think it was 2013. I think it was at, at, uh, UMHB, right. Mary Harden Baylor. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he said, he, we were talking about the culture and the growth of the game and the educational piece here, here in the United States. And he talked about how, just how we have it so backwards, how we've made, we've taken one of the least, right? Arguably the cheapest game to play anywhere in the world. And we've here in the U S we've made it one of the most expensive, right? Really have. And, and I get it. I get it on some level. There has to be some sort of quote unquote pay, you Mm -hmm. know, no one really plays for outright free in the club Mm -hmm. system. I get that. But I think we can do. I think we can definitely do better than what we than what what it's become. I guess so. Yeah. So so big kudos to you and your club and what you're about. So tell us, give us a little bit, a um, little bit more. I know you kind of touched on it, but tell us a little bit of history about San Jacinto United and how that kind of came to be. Well, I, I, uh, I originally started a different club, and and it it just didn't pan out, and. Um, we basically are still one of the same philosophies, the one to follow that. And um, basically, uh, a man, a met, I met a, a, another uh, another guy that felt the same way and kind of looked at it. And um, basically, with San Jacinto United, we just we just laid down the foundation, said, you know what, we're going to open this up for all kids. And um, basically, uh, that was it. Uh, we we were. Most of the kids that, that play for us, um, you know, they're not looking to go off and, and, and spend $2,400, $1,900, or $3,200 a year just to play the game. They just want to play. And mm-hmm. um, so we had to take all of that, kind of look at it, and um, many of our coaches just have to have to do the, you know, the volunteer thing, the help there, and um, they make it happen. And I got to tell you, our club right now is sitting at, um, we're not 11 teams um, when we mm-hmm. first started with two yeah and it's uh and I credit it just just the parents that were that 
we have at Sanderson or United, we have the greatest parents um, and, and the kids, you know, they keep making this thing grow. But I think we're all behind the same thing. We, we believe in the idea that, that soccer is for everyone. And, and we, we, we strive to make that happen for as many people as we can. Yeah. So how has, in your time, right, when you look back and you assess, how has being a high school coach helped you on the club side as a club coach, as a director? How, is that, how has the high school side helped you? You know, Hector, I, I'm, you know, we deal with people and we know the problems and, and we also have solutions. And I think it's one thing to, to, you know, to see problems, but we have solutions. And I think as head coaches, with the experience that we bring, there's nothing that we can't, we can't, uh, we can't overcome and, or solve, you know, issues that come up that, that we can't solve. And I think if you're going to run a club like this, you really have to be able to do it. Um, and, and I think, you know, that's, that would be the biggest positive is, is that our experience allows us to, to, uh, to be good at leading the club. And I say our, because it's definitely not all about me. I, I never, I never, I want to make sure I make that clear. It's about so many people. So as we shift here, coach, right, we talk about your role, we come back to the high school side, your thoughts on kind of the state of the game right now in terms of, you know, you provided us with a great quote a couple of days ago, but the kind of the current state of Texas high school soccer and in your own words, what, what makes it special to you? Oh my gosh, I, you know, I've seen, I've seen, you know, I, when I first started, I mean, um, coaching out at Lumberton High School, um, and we started in January, um, and then we had our first games in what oh, two days. Um, and we had to be ready to go. Uh, the usually meet. I was football coach, mm -hmm. and I had never even seen a soccer field growing up. Um, so that was that. That tended to be the. That tended to be pretty well the way it was, you know, football coaches were placed in soccer positions mm -hmm. and I don't have a problem with that. I, it's just because like I said earlier, I think coaches are coaches and coaches can coach. Um, and we, I think that if you pick up, you learn and you play the game, I think that's really what it is. You've got to do all three. You can, you can read the books and um, you know, you can go out and watch it, but you also get out and play it. You know, how did we learn how to play basketball? How do we get better at it? How do we get better at football? How do we get better at anything? Got to go out and play it. Um, but to answer your question, Hector, it is I think that the state of our of our game is getting so much better um, because we have so many qualified. Uh, and when I say qualified, coaches that are coming from the soccer background, mm -hmm. um, coaches that um, really uh, understand the game and understand how it needs to be coached. You know, for example, one of the hardest things I had I had to learn was that it is a player's game and I, I can't sit here and make a robot out of the player. I have to put them in and prepare them for the situations that they're going to be faced with. And um, basically it's up to them at that point in time to make sure that they make the right decisions. It's uh, I constantly tell people, get ready for the next play, focus. 
focus is what has not happened yet. So let's get ready for what has not happened yet. That is a soccer player's world, you know, because they never know what's going to happen. And my job is just to prepare them and give them ideas in case it does. Mm -hmm. But I think the state of our game is going really good. I think you're you're beginning to see that in the stands of games. You're beginning to see that um, with the amount of people that are playing the game, and it's and it's it is still that great step towards playing any sport that you ever want because your kids are so good with their feet. Yeah. What's been in the last five years? What do you think has been the biggest, maybe the biggest single change that's affected the game, positive or negative? Okay, um, I think we're we're starting to, I, I, you know, I don't want to get, I don't want to. I told myself I'm not going to be negative. I'm going to be positive. So <laughs> hey, that's there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I think the club systems. I think that we're having more people play club. You know, um, I think yeah, I look in in our program, for example. You know, there's uh, there's there we have we don't have anybody in the in the program anymore that doesn't play club, and and. It's because of, of the opportunity, obviously, that that we offer. But uh, even even some of the, the you know the clubs around us that offer. So it's I think you have an opportunity to to play the game. That's a plus. That's a plus. Um, the negative is is that is that we need to be able to learn how to handle that and that right. relationship between club and high school has got to get better. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had a kid the other day come to me and say, coach, I can't play um, high school. I can't play high school. My coach doesn't want me to play. Well, he's playing state classic. You know, yeah. he's he's uh, he's playing that he's playing he's playing that level. But for him to have to make that decision, that's right. uh, that's that's just not right. And, and I think we have to do better as both club coaches and high school coaches to make sure that kids have an opportunity to play for the people they go to school with. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Yeah. You know, and there's, there's other, there's other student athletes here, coach that mm-hmm. maybe have been put in that predicament are currently facing that predicament mm-hmm. or may in the future. What, you know, in your own words, what do you say to that student athlete that has to go approach their high school coach and kind of has a dilemma on their hand? What do you say to that kid? You know, years ago, um, I had a young man that you know, he, he's 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 we constantly still talk and, and just just great time. But he came to me, he said, coach, I don't think I'm going to be able to play um, high school soccer anymore. And I'm like, OK, so but it doesn't do anything about our friendship and it doesn't do anything. It has no effect on on our relationship. You should come by and see me every day come back and so just say hello to me. It's not going to go away. But you could see the stress that he was going yeah. through, having to make that decision. Right. Um, the kid ended up sitting down with his club coach and uh, asked asked his club coach to call me. And the club coach and I sat down and we worked it out. Mm-hmm. You know, we worked it out. And, and I think that's really what it is, coach. I think we, you know, as clubs and high schools, we have to understand this is about the kids, not Amen. about us. Amen. And Amen. let's make it work, man. Let's make <laughs> it work for these kids. Let's get to know their high school coach. The high school coaches get to know their club coaches. Right. You know, 
and celebrate that kid together. Yeah. Because we're, we're both building them. Yeah. Well, to that, uh, you know, to that particular club coach's credit, you know, for calling you, it just, I'm sure that mm-hmm. made a lasting impression, lasting impact on that kid's life. So, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, the thing is, is with that coach, I've maintained a good relationship with him, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, there you go. You built another, you built another good relationship in a great sport. Right. And that's one, that's one thing that can't be stressed enough. Right. Mm-hmm. Is, I don't know. Sometimes it's like, I get the impression sometimes that we have high school coaches waiting for club coaches to just approach them to start that relationship. And then other times it's club coaches waiting for high school coaches to approach them. And I mm-hmm. think it just, I think it, it becomes a matter of, you know, when, as long as there are no egos involved and for the betterment of our student athletes, right. I think as long as that remains at its core, I think we can definitely coexist without a doubt. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, and, but, you know, just like we're talking here, I mean, just sitting down and talking with someone, and it doesn't even matter if you're, if you're just talking on the phone or whatever. It's a, it's a different scenario. Mm-hmm. It'll solve problems. You know, it seems like we, we just, we want to just, uh, we, we can't be that way. Our, our sport is growing so fast right now. Let's keep it growing. Yeah. And, and high school, high school and club are both important. Mm-hmm. So the natural, the adjustment of the schedule, the growth of, you know, the growth of Tasco, we mm-hmm. talk about the growth of the, the evolution of coaches involved in the game, um, the coverage maybe of the game. And then also, and then of course, you know, the pandemic, the fallout mm-hmm. from that, that we're still kind of working through. Um, there's been a lot of changes that you can say, you can point to just in the last five years in the game. What would you say? in the next five years, right? You kind of, Coach Rotato looks into his crystal ball. Where, where is our sport, right? Where's Texas high school soccer headed in the next five years? I think, I think, let me, let me say this, you know, I got the opportunity to work with Tasco this past year and uh, it's, it's impressive how, how well they, they, they put things together and how well they work, work together to get things like, um, you know, our event, the, the event that we have, our coaches clinic and things mm-hmm. like that. But uh, I think that's a good indicator. Um, I, I'm going, I, I think that you're going to also see, um, I think you're going to see a little bit demographically, you're going to see a change. I think you're going to see a lot more. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to say this wrong, but I think you're going to see a lot, a lot of, a lot more Hispanics be involved in the leadership. Um, get more involved in in the leadership of our of our programs out there, and and um, and it'll be a good good representation for all, and mm-hmm. and I and I'm I'm excited about that. I really am excited about that. You know, um, I, it's it. I think with all of our programs, it's it's exciting to see that. So, sorry, I'm I'm, I'm just. Uh, I don't. I don't want to be. I'm, I hope I'm not coming off any any kind of negative here. I just want to no, say, no. I think leadership is is going in the right direction. I think five years from now, you're going to see some really cool things. Mm-hmm. Um, I see, for example, um, I see uh, high school having uh, not just uh, you know Tasco puts its senior showcase. I think that uh, it's going to be like the 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 big Dallas tournament. Mm-hmm. And I think there's going to be something like that where 
college coaches become more and more involved with even high school five years from mm -hmm. now. Nice. So yeah. You know, we, I'm sorry, go ahead, coach. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just, I was going to follow up on that. And uh, you know, we, our previous episode, we had, you know, Jerry Shipman on, right. President of Tasco. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was some of what he alluded to in some of the conversations that him and I also had offline. And uh, yeah, he was great. He, it was a great episode, gave us a lot of insight into just not only what they have coming up in, in Galveston in November, but just where, where Tasco is headed. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and you know, you're talking about, you know, Jared, I mean, that's the, that's the caliber coach you have. Those guys are, those guys are, uh, are doing a great job. Mm -hmm. So, and I, and I think that you're only going to see Tasco grow and I think it's going to grow all over Texas, <laughs> all over Texas in the right way. Now, and speaking of the convention, will you be, uh, will you be in Galveston for the convention this year? In, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Anything, anything you're most looking forward to? What do you, what has you the most excited so far? You know, I think the most exciting list, let's just be, let's be honest, Hector, is just seeing our friends, right? And seeing, right. Uh, you know, getting to enjoy um, talking to other coaches. And it's just really cool to sit down and, and uh, you know, just talk to other coaches mm -hmm. while the events are going and, and just uh, sometimes just sharing that, you know what, everybody's having the same kind of problem, you know, and yeah. and this this guy solved it this way and this guy solved it that way. And getting that notebook out and writing down some ideas as we move along. But, oh, my goodness, it's, it's a brotherhood. It's right. a major brotherhood. And if you, my goodness, when I started, there just wasn't many of us, you know. <laughs> uh, there just wasn't, I mean. <laughs> Yeah. And you, you would you would go to events like that. There just wasn't many people, you know, the great Kevin Johnson's were there, you know, and, um, you know, the uh, uh, Baker, Alan Baker, right? Um, those guys were, were still heading it up. Mm -hmm. But there just wasn't a lot. I mean, my my 3A Lumberton team played in a, they basically played in a 5A district. We didn't have a 4A, 5A, 6A district. It was one <laughs> district. And if you if you won, then you went over and you met a five A team, and it was a little difficult. So. Yeah, you know, and in speaking with that, you know, that was something that Jarrett mentioned in our episode was one of the things that they're looking at having this year is they kind of want to have many, for lack of better words, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but kind of many mm -hmm. breakout sessions, many socials for some of these these three A's that. Um, that are on the verge of having their own programs or maybe they're brand new programs, right? And they're competing at the 4A level. Uh, they want to specifically have uh, breakout sessions. They want to have socials for them, right? Mm -hmm. uh, to incorporate, help incorporate that growth and see see what it is that they need. So I think that's something that got me very excited when he was talking about it. Uh, Coach, just, just, the, just the brotherhood. I mean, uh, going down and you know, and seeing your, you know, seeing some coaches you've you've uh, you've, you've always respected, and just be able to sit down and just just talk. I mean, it's so much fun um, with that. It's like it's like you know, going to any other convention you work for, but it's kind of like we all kind of work for the same thing. We work for the kids, and we and we work for the um, mm -hmm. for the schools we represent, but. All of us are working for this great sort of sport of soccer. Yeah, I have no doubt, no doubt. Couldn't agree more, Coach. And one of the things I know, a special shout out uh, that I wanted to give to someone I know you're familiar with who told me to tell you hi, 
coach Stephanie Sazo, the uh, head head women's soccer coach out at uh, El Paso del Valle. She told me to tell you hi, and she also told me to remind you that it's it's a sisterhood as well, not just a brotherhood, right? You know so, what? Uh, She's <laughs> totally right. You know what? That's it. And you know, girls' soccer, wow, it's amazing yeah. in Texas. So, I think our our girls' programs here in Texas are just. Uh, I mean, as as us as men, you know, we're we're our boys are are getting there. The the the, uh, the uh, Tasco women. Um, are amazing. And I think uh, I'm reading here, Tasco Women in Coaching Social and uh, Small School Social. That's right. So um, I hear you, girl. And uh, I messed up on that one. But <laughs> no, no, no. It's all, it's, all fun. it's all fun. It's all. But I mean, without a doubt, I mean, on the serious side, she's definitely she's not wrong. Right. It's one of those no. things on on the just the in collaborating the the inclusion piece in terms of tasco that i think and you're right just because of where the sport is on uh, you know on the girls side on the women's side um can't be ignored and i think it it should be a point of pride for for high school soccer coaches even if you're even if you're on the men's side right it, it really should be a point of pride as well so because in the end you know regardless you know the ball is still round the ground is still flat right it doesn't matter right mm -hmm. so um, so yeah, so no doubt, no doubt. Um, but, uh, yeah, she just, I think she just wanted to find an opportunity to sneak one in. That's, uh, you know, that's, uh, she's wonderful. She's absolutely she's great. It's great. Yeah. So, yeah, she, uh, but she's right. Yeah. You know, like you said, absolutely. She's right. Absolutely. You know, the, the, uh, the, the women's soccer is amazing and it's growing so fast to the point where even schools that, um, maybe for a long time, uh, didn't do so well. Um, now you're starting to see them compete, and I, and I think it goes also. It's a tribute. Um, it's a tribute to to clubs too, because a lot of these, a lot of girls are playing club soccer, and um, it, more than than I that I've seen, and, and it's like you can see it really paying off. And wow, and the the ladies coaches are just tremendous. They're really yeah. good at what they do. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> no doubt. So that's going to do it, coach. That's going to be for, that's going to do it for our first segment, the buildup here. So before we transition over to our second segment, I want to tell you about our good friends, uh, both at Gipper and Global Scarves. So first, our good friends at Gipper. Gipper is the way that schools, athletic departments, ADs, and coaches create world-class marketing content. Join over 2,500 coaches and ADs and use Gipper to create high-quality visual branded graphics for your program. The best part, anyone can do it in seconds on any device without needing any design experience whatsoever. The other great part is just for being a listener of the 5050 podcast, you can save money with them immediately. So all you have to do is go just by being a 5050 podcast listener, you're going to save, you're going to receive a 10% off discount off any for any first time Gipper purchase. All you have to do is go to gipper.com slash partner slash 5050 to learn more. Again, that's gipper.com slash partner slash 5050 to learn more. And then there's our good friends at Global Scarves. So Global Scarves is the top provider of custom-knitted scarves, beanies, and other fan merchandise in the U.S. All merch is fully custom with free design services and free shipping on all orders. You can contact them at info at globalscarves.com to get any free designs and quotes built out for your school, club. Maybe you want to get some personal ones for your supporters group, right? Whatever, whatever it may be. All you have to do is mention the podcast, mention the 5050 podcast, or use the code hashtag 5050pod. Again, you can contact them at info at globalscarves.com. <clears throat> so, 
Excuse me. All right, coach. It is that time. That was impressive, by the way. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> that was pretty impressive. Well yeah, said. <laughs> I got a little bit of experience under my belt now, so appreciate <laughs> that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, moment of truth, coach. Counterattack segment where we get to have uh, not some laughter at your expense, but we get to laugh with you. How about that? Okay. Sounds yeah. good. All right. Okay. Completely random off the wall. Some soccer, mostly non-soccer, but we get to have some fun with you. So. All right, first one out of the gate. Greatest sports movie. Oh, remember the Titans. Really? Okay. Remember the Titans. Um, there's a little that goes behind, little little stuff that goes behind that. I'm a yeah. people are gonna throw something at me, but I'm a Tennessee <laughs> Titan fan. I was a Houston Oilers fan when I was a kid. Oh, gotcha. But the yeah, word yeah. Titan, and I just love the I love that the the way all of that comes about. You know that mm-hmm. that growth and Right. brotherhood and things like that. He's a great coach. So, yeah, yeah, no, it is. It is my brother, <clears throat> my, uh, my brother, um, he's kind of in the exact same boat as you grew up on, grew up an Oilers fan, right. Mm-hmm. Going back to the, all the way before the Warren moon days and, you know, <laughs> Earl Campbell days, but grew up an Oilers fan. So then when they, when they jumped ship, they moved to Tennessee, he kind of mm-hmm. he followed them. So ever since then, uh, He's he's been a Titans fan, so I'm, I'm always I'm always giving him a hard time. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> Next one. Uh strangest thing in your refrigerator right now. Strangest thing um in my refrigerator right now. Uh I'd have to say should I say leftovers of my wife's cooking? No, I can't say that really. Oh, well, um, yeah. Make sure she doesn't see this. <laughs> <laughs> cottage cheese. I, uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm. I'll. I'll eat it, but it's become a new thing around here. Cottage cheese. Cottage. Cheese. I know my my wife likes it, and it's in there. I saw it just a while ago yeah. because I thought it was French onion dip, and it wasn't French <laughs> onion dip. And when I opened it, it definitely wasn't French onion. French onion dip. So. <laughs> yeah, no, don't confuse that. Well, at least you caught it before you bit into it, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, any as now as a as a coach, not as a player. Any game day superstitions or rituals? Oh my goodness, uh, coach! I got to tell you, I'm very superstitious. I'm. I'm kind of weird like that. Um, matter of fact, my assistant coach, Coach Simichek, tells me all the time I just need to release all of that. There was a long time where I would only wear certain pair, certain certain pair of shoes for games. I mean, they would sit there in the closet, and then they, when it was game time, I'd put these shoes on because they they got us a win on some game, and I I don't know. I, mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? They got yeah, us a win. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know. I was very superstitious about. Uh, about that kind of thing. And I tend to try to do the same thing um, on game days, mm-hmm. um, especially the, the things that uh, maybe we had a little success with. Mm-hmm. Um, I, as I've gotten older, I've kind of realized that maybe that doesn't really have much to do with it, but still, yeah. I'm still a big traditional guy. Well, you know, I think as coaches, we're very much, I think we're very much routine people, right? Because we want mm-hmm. we want to try to establish that for our for our teams mm-hmm. as well, right? Uh, we try to avoid changing that, breaking the routine as much as possible. Um, so I get that. But I think mm-hmm. also <laughs> the part that's always cracked me up has always been with coaches when they, they turn into, they just turn into like, I don't know, like 
coaching gear divas all of a sudden when it comes right. to, when it comes to the uh, superstitious of oh my god i gotta wear this and it, it's kind of oh we won when i wore this and this and it's like all these patterns and and I, I, it cracks me up it cracks me up but yeah but but i think many coaches they're either superstitious on some level or they're they're they have certain rituals or if not they're like most at least routine based for sure so you know, I think younger coaches are not as superstitious. I, yeah, I've noticed that too. You yeah. know, and 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 like Coach Simicek, he's he's my assistant coach. He looks at me like, you know, Coach, you can put those away. You know, that kind of thing. So it's, I'm a, uh, uh, oh yeah, game day gumbo. I, game I gumbo. that was something. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> I always had to have was game day gumbo. Um, that worked for a long time. Got us into. Um, the semifinals, well, and then the finals, what, three years in a row there. So maybe I need to go back to that game day gumbo. Hey, That's what I forgot maybe. last year. <laughs> hey, I think next time you make some, make sure you ship some to uh, San Antonio, Coach. I'll share the address. Hey, sounds yeah. great. I love right. San Antonio. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next one. This one always ruffles some feathers. So favorite <laughs> and least favorite soccer team. You can't okay. say your own. You can't say your own, obviously. Okay. All yeah. right. Favorite and least favorite. Okay, well, my 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 favorite is Liverpool. All there right. you go. Okay, and I guess you kind of have to go. You kind of have to go per you know per leagues, right? Because I mean, I I could mention Barcelona. People wouldn't, but let's just say uh, I like I like the way Liverpool. That's my favorite team. Yeah. Least favorite. Um, I'm gonna have to say Chelsea. Mm. Yeah. They remind me of the Dallas Cowboys, and I don't like the Dallas Cowboys. Oh no, don't please don't don't compare those two. <laughs> I'm a Cowboys guy, so yeah, don't. Uh, yeah, Chelsea. <clears throat> so yeah, yeah, those. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, <laughs> okay? I'm gonna have to block that one out now. So all right, but but at least hey, at least you said Liverpool. So there, I'll give you that right. one. Love, yeah, I'm a big big Liverpool guy as well. Mm -hmm. So did you see that game this weekend? By yes. The way? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And I have a friend. I, I one of my one of my well, my best friend. His name is Neil Monroe, and Neil Monroe is. Uh, I mean, he's all. He knows everything and anything about soccer. He's the one that really kind of even saved my career. We could go for a whole hour on all that, but he really helped me a lot. Yeah, uh, he keeps he keeps me, he keeps me awake on all games. He knows he watches it all. So, but he yeah. turned me on to Liverpool. Nice, so. that's awesome. Yeah, I, I get that question all the time too. It's like, hey, how did you how did you end up being a Liverpool guy? And, and I tell him it, it's pretty simple, honestly. It's mm -hmm. like great mentor of mine uh, coming up. He, you know, he was from Liverpool, came up in their academy system, turned pro at sixteen for them, and uh, and just the stories, the insight, and everything I got, and the you know the coaching education that I got from him along the way right. too. You can't you can't put a price tag on that. It's probably greater than any. C, B, or A, like you know, licenses course that I could have gone to because to be with him for, to be with him for what I think it was about three years, two and a half, three years. It just mm -hmm. I learned a lifetime uh, about the game. So great stuff. All right, next one. If not soccer, you would. Well, you kind of briefly mentioned it, but if not soccer, you would have coached what? Oh, football. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I coached football for sixteen years. Um, and I uh, coached with some some um, really great guys. Um, I coached at, at, at that time. I, my last football stint was at Elkins High School, Fort Bend. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I loved football. I mean, I obviously I played it. So 
Um, yeah, I love the sport, but when it came down to it, uh, soccer just, uh, like I said, you know, I started to play it, played it in the, in obviously the, the open and over 30 leagues and so forth, learned how to play there and just yeah. kept playing it. Um, so it became my love. But if, if soccer wasn't there, I'd definitely, even with as much time as it takes, coach, I would still be coaching football. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Great stuff. All right. Invisible or mind reader? Which one? Did you say invisible? Yeah. Invisible or it's a superpower question here. Okay. Or mind reader? Yeah. I'd say mind reader. Okay. Mind reader. Um, and I say that because I really don't, I'm kind of puzzled here, but I'm, I'm going to say that because I think that as you get older and, and I'm getting there, I'm 58 now. So I, th I think you, you, uh, you grow to, to be able to kind of read what people are thinking and what they might need help at. And you tend to read when people need help um, or just need someone to talk to and, Reading, reading minds is, is also about that idea of being yeah. able to provide solutions for problems. Yeah. You know, that, you know, the genesis of this particular question, I actually got it from a coaching course, right? Where they, uh -huh. they kind of put us on the spot and you have to, you have to respond quickly, mm -hmm. but it's, it's intent is from the coaching perspective. Right. But <laughs> when okay. I got asked, when I got asked this by the instructor, I kind of, I told them, well, mind reader, as long as I can block my wife out of the equation, right? Because I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know what she's thinking about me, <laughs> right? So that was kind of the joke, right? But it's a great question, especially when you look at it from that, I guess, with the coaching glasses on, right? So yeah. um, so I don't know about it. the invisible piece. I don't know about that one, but uh, right. but it still makes you really think. So, yeah, so no doubt. Either way, I, I don't think when it comes down to reading my wife's mind or anybody's mind, I think sometimes... I'd rather just not know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's why it's a little yeah. bit more tricky than I think people think. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. Next one. Um, so Jerry Hurtado is appointed the soccer czar in America. You're in charge of all of soccer, everything, all levels, right? One thing you would change in soccer in America tomorrow. What's the very first thing you change? Let's focus on reaching everyone. Let's, let's, and, and I know that sounds like a big thing. Let's focus on, um, let's focus on making sure that we're able to reach out to all kids that want to play the game, and um, let's not make it so much about how much money we can get. Let's grow this sport, and I promise you, there'll be plenty of money for everyone. Uh, the, the bottom line: let's grow the sport mm -hmm. and grow it for everyone. Let these kids uh, grow it at different levels and um like we like we do now but um let's provide more pathways for the kid that mom has three boys and they all want to play soccer let's provide the pathway for her to allow her sons to play soccer without it being um you know w without having to basically her having to uh, pay an enormous amount of money or have to buy a $700 uniform set, you know, um, 
let's just let's let's focus on that let's make uh, let's let's change let's take the brazilian look at it maybe yeah. so I, you know, I know I, I keep mentioning money, but I have so many kids that that, uh, you know, that that I see on a daily basis. And it's which it's they just love mom and dad and, and they they just want to help out. And I mean, I have so many moms that that uh, do their best to uh, to provide and just to, to work two, three jobs to get it done. You know, soccer may not be something that they can provide that way. And so let's find a way right. to help them. Yeah. Well said. Perfectly. Great. Well said, Coach. Um, next one. Favorite favorite movie quote <laughs> that you can share, that you can share. All right. I got I to get my – did I shoot six? Did I shoot five? Well, to tell you the truth, I can't remember. So I guess you got to ask yourself, do you feel lucky? Well, do you punk? <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done. Well done. Well done. Okay, All right. I'm now for the, young, the, the youngins that are listening to, you got to tell, you got to tell them what that is. That's a, that's a Clint Eastwood, dirty, hairy. <laughs> Um, police officer joke that I mean, uh, <laughs> right. uh, Clint Eastwood, what yeah. is he? Uh, the all time Western, mm -hmm. um, what, yeah, what he's, movie? Having, he's having an even more incredible career as a director, you isn't know? that crazy? It, yeah, that's this guy, he's he's, he's done some really good stuff, you yeah. know. I love that. I think that might be our very first full blown uh impersonation on the, uh, the podcast i love that it's awesome and i look nothing like him yeah didn't break character or anything i'm proud of you coach well done <laughs> all right <laughs> all right another movie question here um who would play you in a movie they're doing a life story life story of jerry hurtado who plays who plays you um i'd love to say clint eastwood but it ain't gonna work um oh doesn't have to look like you. It can be just maybe personality, you know. Personality. Yeah. Um, it would have to be the coach in. Um, it, it would. It would have to be Coach Carter, the guy that plays. Uh, in, oh, basketball movie. Mm -hmm. uh, Samuel Samuel L. Jackson, in. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, cause you, you, you know, uh, you have to have a bit of an attitude. I'm, um, I, I don't know. You have to have that. You have to have that, um, that bit of an attitude, but also, uh, you'd also have to have that side where kids know that, that you love them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I know. It's um, interesting. It's, yeah. it's, what is that? Every coach that you've ever met. Right. 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 <laughs> That's a good one. That's an interesting one. Yeah, that was different angle from maybe what I didn't know what to expect, but uh, that's good. All right, good deal. I was kind of starting to try to think of anybody that looked like me, but then I realized, man, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's a tough one, right? That's why I say you can't go off of just looks, but it's like someone I don't know. So, for whatever reason, there was a stretch there. Whenever I would ask this question, 
there was a stretch of The Rock. Everybody mm -hmm. was like, The Rock, The Rock, The Rock. Right. <laughs> I was like, all right, so I got to get away from that question for a little while. So You know, Hector, I play music. I play music. So, I, I, yeah. So I could I could definitely, I could see the the La Bamba guy playing a little bit of, of, my stage name is Jerry Hart. I could see him doing that. There you go. All right. Awesome. <laughs> there you see, there's another one. There you go. Good deal. <laughs> All right, next one. Current music and podcast playlist. What's kind of what's in the rotation there right now? Mana. Okay. Uh, I love I love that. Um, and uh, okay, so I love. I'm all right. So I like Selena. Or, yeah, I'm. I'm I just oh, I don't, wrong with that. music that just she has on her radio station. Right, right. Um, uh, I like, I like, I like all of that because she really brings in a, a lot of uh, Vicente um, kind of music too. Mm -hmm. So my grandfather was, uh, he could play the guitar, and he taught me to play the guitar. So that's where all that comes from. And he was a, oh, he was just a great Mexican music singer. Yeah. Uh, I can still hear him singing uh, Volved or Sabor a Mi or you know mm -hmm. something like that. So uh, I learned from I learned from that. But then you know what? You got to go to. Um, on my list of music would have to be like uh, '90s country. Yeah. Yes. Yes. '90s country. Yeah. So, very much. Very good yeah. stuff. It's it's an adjustment now with modern uh, modern country. Yeah, it's not the same. <laughs> no. The dad turned into a station and this guy's rapping on country music. I'm yeah. like, dude, no, that don't work. It's got, that's got no soul whatsoever. Yeah. All right. So now are you much of a podcast guy? Anything in the podcast playlist or what's what's the rotation there? Or you know, because some people it, it tends to be it tends to be feast or famine with podcasts. It just kind of depends. You know, um I did uh James Koleski. Uh, he did a, uh, a, a done one that he he's like he does some things like that. I, I like sports podcasts um, okay. to kind of try to get ideas from from other coaches and things like that. Right, right. Um, but that's that's uh, that's about it. It's just mainly sports kind of ideas. I got away from politics. Um, mm -hmm. It's just uh, this 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 world needs to grow up. We you know you and I sit down. We can talk. And this world just wants to argue and, and I just get tired of hearing it. It's just so um, I don't I don't have a problem with someone on a podcast saying the political view, but um, I'd rather just listen to sports. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. So. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. All right. So I'll next about Dallas and Tennessee later on. But other there, than you. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> How would your players describe you? How would I hope they would? Or yeah, I think it's it's somewhere between you being honest with yourself and how you would hope, right? I guess it's how do you really think they would describe you? I would hope they'd say genuine. Yeah. I think you you pretty well get what you get with me. Um I think um uh, someone that that uh, I think they know really cares about them. Um, but 
is very hard, a very hard man. So yeah. good deal. I'd say uh, a very hard man that I think that uh, um, I think the kids know that how I feel about him. Yeah, good. Okay. All right, coach. Last that was kind one. of emotional, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No, it was good. That was probably not what you wanted. No, it was good. It was good. No, there is, there is no said there. Is, that's designed to be able to go I, in whatever direction you want to take it. You know, coach. I think one thing that 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 I think people, I I I, I hope that they they know that is that I'm always going to work as hard as I can for for the kids, and mm -hmm. that's something I set set out to do many years ago. And yeah, if I can't, it's time for me to uh, retire. Okay. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I think that's uh, the moment we start. Uh, the priorities are have shifted, right? Or, or and we no longer want to grow, you know, uh, grow and, and continue to learn, especially in the game, the modern game. I think it's it's definitely time for us to reevaluate and consider stepping away. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I agree. Absolutely. All right, coach, one more final one. So if you think <laughs> that one got you emotional, let's see this one. So Okay. You look, you look back on all these years, right? Maybe if you could identify one, what is your favorite Texas high school soccer memory? At oh. least up to this point. Wow. You didn't give me an hour on this one? <laughs> okay. That's why I ask it last. Huh? All right. So, Deer Park, um, in the semifinals, uh, we are playing Seven Lakes at that point, and I'm uh, Kruger's going to get. Oh, he's not going to like me talking about this one. Okay, um, <laughs> sorry, Coach. He asked me. All right, so um, hey, are, I think uh, he's got a yeah, he's got a state ring. I think he, I think he made out okay. No I worries. think he's fine. And yeah, I think he's fine <laughs> and represented very well. He yeah, represented no as well. No so um, we're, I've got uh, Zane Gonzalez, who's actually a kicker for San Francisco 49ers. Um, nice. I got Zane Gonzalez. Um, he's got the ball down the, um, down the outside. There's four minutes, 32 seconds left on the clock at this point. Um, somehow he makes a defender um, and gets down the, gets, gets down the, ba down the, the baseline and he, plays it back towards the uh, top of the six and um, out of nowhere comes uh, Julio Escobedo um, to put the win in goal in and we beat Seven Lakes which I think uh, a lot it surprised a lot of people didn't surprise me because mm -hmm. uh, I had a group of I had a group of guys there that that uh, were the real deal. We went on and we we played uh, Elsick the, the next game and we lost one to nothing. But Coach Cox and I talk about that game all the time. That was a really good game for anybody watching watching soccer that day. But it would that would probably be the moment because mm -hmm. when that happened, it was like um, when we you know that that moment right there. Wow! I just fell to my knees and just wow. one of those things that. Uh, you know, you just at that point you turn around, you start looking at everything. We had a we had a great crowd. Um, the whole city was there. It was wonderful.
I say the whole city, but you know what I mean. Right, uh, right, right. It was it was a packed house. That place was going crazy. And then when the the uh, and when was this? What what year was this? So this was two thousand thirteen. Two thousand thirteen. So um, it was a great year. We were we were undefeated. We were twenty. That, that made us twenty six and zero that year. Mm-hmm. Um, only to play Elsick in the final, and we got beat. Yeah, beat one nothing. This was the state semifinal. This was the region. I'm sorry, or, the regional final or regional semifinal. Sorry, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've never been to state. Yeah, that, that's what I meant. I, I, I was thinking regional, not state. Yeah, got it. Um, wow, so yeah, no, I mean, I think that, that's a testament also to Seven Lakes program, right? And just, uh, and what, what Jimmy's done there as well, and what, what you're what you're working on and what you're building, continue to build there at Deer Park as well. So uh, thanks for that one, coach. Really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's going to do it. You know, we wrap up that that's going to do it for our counterattack segment. And uh, we start wrapping up here, coach, with our final, what we call stoppage time, which is our final thoughts. So Can since I you say were one more thing. Yeah, absolutely. Coach. Go ahead. I just want to tell, I'll tell all the, all the players that have played with me in 33 years. Thank you for it all. Thank you for it all. It's, it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Thank yeah. you. There you go. Well said. There you go. Wouldn't expect anything less from you, Coach. So so in stoppage time, Coach, final thoughts, anything uh, anything you want to share in terms of just state of the game, what's on your mind? I know you've spoken to a lot of it, a lot of different things today, but anything you want to share, shout outs, thank yous, anything uh, as it relates to the game. Um, Since you are a guest, we're going to let you go first. The floor is yours. Sure. I'd like to thank uh, my friend Coach Monroe for taking the time to to work with me and uh, help me become a better coach uh, in my time of need. I'd like to thank guys like uh, uh, Jerry Creel for giving me the opportunity to coach at uh, such a, a great school at, uh, at Deer Park. Um, just uh, thank Deer Park all in general for, for having me there for 17 years now. I've been there. Never thought I'd be at a school that long, but it's such a great situation out there. Um, and then, of course, like I just said, just I'm just a coach that has just been very lucky, very lucky to have, have coached so many great kids at Lumberton High School, at Fort Bend Elkins, and at, at Deer Park High School. So thank you. Yeah. Well said. Great stuff. Thank you for sharing that, Coach. A lot of great stuff tonight. So, and again, we're grateful, grateful for you, and um, <clears throat> we're you know wishing you, wishing you and your boys a great uh, a great season. All the best, uh, all the best in twenty twenty four. I have a feeling we'll be hearing from you guys uh, this year down the stretch. Uh, in your, I'm district. excited. So I'm excited. So, yeah, yeah. So I bet, <laughs> I bet you 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 look it, you sound it. So I'm excited. I'm excited for you. So. Um, but yeah, and uh, you know, can't can't thank you enough for being here, Coach. And my final and uh, stoppage time, my kind of final thoughts is it's very minimal. You know, we we start getting closer to the weather is, I guess you could say, by Texas standards, it's starting mm-hmm. to slowly change, right? Right. It's not, it's not 108 anymore, uh, but uh, the weather slowly starting to change, uh, which is kind of st- starts to tell us that high school soccer is getting closer and closer. Um, so continue to do everything you can to get, to get ready. It'll be here before you know it. 
stay the course. Uh, but most of all, you know, we just came through what would have been for most people, uh, an eligibility period, right? Mm -hmm. So hit the books, stay on top of your grades. Yes. The greatest ability of them all is availability, right? And if you're a, a if you're a student athlete, that's all that's all in and that's bought in, all in, highly talented, but you're not available because you can't get it done in the classroom. Then that's very unfortunate, and that's that's what makes us different here in uh, in high school soccer, right? Is like you got to get it done in the classroom as well. So, um, so very important, and uh, kind of should go without saying, but kind of one one of the things that I wanted to harp on. So. Uh, don't don't lose sight. Uh, don't lose sight of you know your why, why you're doing this. Uh, but doesn't matter whether you want to go and play. Maybe you want to pursue playing at the collegiate level or not. Regardless, your your academics drive drive everything. You know, so even if whether you want to play at the collegiate level or not. So uh, stay stay the course. Stay the course in uh, in the we talk about in the weight room, on the field, but especially in the classroom as well. So yes, sir. Yeah. So Good all right. That is uh, that is going to do it. Again, you can find thank us you, on. Thank you, thank you, Coach. Really appreciate you being here. Uh, you can find us uh, for all our listeners, all our supporters. You can find us on uh, Twitter, Twitter X. Right, I heard somebody call it Twix the other day. Right, <laughs> so uh, X as well as on um, our new one that we're new platform we're trying to grow on Twitch at, at fifty underscore fifty pod. You can also find us on Instagram at fifty underscore fifty podcast as well as on YouTube at just simply search the 50 underscore 50 podcast. So, and you can also find us wherever you get your, your podcast, your audio podcasts. Uh, you can definitely find us on all the major podcast platforms. Just simply enter the 50 slash 50 podcast. So that's going to do it for coach Jerry Hurtado. Really appreciate you coach. Thank you for being here. Thank I, you. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I'm your host coach Hector Cano and you know what to do until the next time. Keep downloading and keep listening. You've been listening to the 5050 podcast powered by National Scouting Report. Help us continue to grow by liking, rating, and subscribing on all major podcast platforms. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at 50 underscore 50 pod, on Instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast, as well as on YouTube at the 50 underscore 50 podcast. Until the next time, keep downloading and keep listening.